Hello and welcome to What's the Story Ghost. I'm your host Annette. And I'm Stephen. And today we are on episode 43. Stephen, the Stanley Hotel, do you know it? No, I know it was Stanley Blade. Do you, just, do you just think of just random things that have absolutely nothing to do with... I would say the best answer to that is, generally speaking, I don't think. And with that bombshell... <laughs> Can you crack on? Crackity crack. If, like me, you've never read the book, the Overlook Hotel will go right over your head. If you have seen The Shining, you'll know it's the hotel from Stephen King's best-selling novel. Now, the drama over the differences between the movie and the novel is still discussed and argued today over which is better, but that's a rabbit hole for a different day. Pack your overnight bag, we're going to the Stanley Hotel. What's the story, Ghost? Will not actually be paying for listeners to stay at the haunted hotel because Annette's a big afraid of cat and won't stay there, so close your eyes and imagine that's the best we can do. Terms and conditions apply. If you go by most ghost stories, of families having to stay in an empty, off-season hotel with no booking as a last resort, you picture a creepy, run-down, single-story motel. You picture a creepy receptionist who hasn't stopped looking down your wife's blouse since you got to the counter. Or you picture an ice machine that is seriously in need of a replacement because the motor sounds like a B-52 bomber that's, of course, located just outside your tiny room and you wonder, would you have been better off sleeping in your car? This may have been Stephen King's situation, but the Stanley Hotel was not that creepy motel. It is a beautiful 140-room Colonial Revival Hotel. Don't ask me to describe a Colonial Revival, just trust me, it's really, really pretty. If it helps, I can paint a picture of the location. It's about five miles from the entrance to the Rocky Mountains. It was built by Freeland Oscar Stanley of Stanley Steamer and opened July 4th, 1909 as a resort for the upper-class Easterners and a health retreat for sufferers of pulmonary tuberculosis, not unlike Freeland, who was diagnosed and given months to live. So the move makes sense. The location was perfect, with panoramic views of Lake Estes, the Rockies and Long's Peak. We covered the open space and fresh air belief in our Trans-Allegheny episode. Now, I should mention before we go any further, in case, like me, you thought the movie was shot at the hotel. If I'm honest, the only movie I know of that was actually shot on the grounds of the hotel was by far the most iconic, revolutionary and inspiring movie of the 90s, Dumb and Dumber. The Timberline Lodge at Mount Hood, Oregon was used for the Overlook's exterior in the movie, and its interiors were all original and built on a soundstage in L Street Studios in England. Freeland Oscar Stanley and his wife Flora moved to the Rocky Mountains from their home in Massachusetts in 1903 for health reasons as we mentioned. They founded the hotel in 1909 because in 1907, yes he was feeling much better, but he was growing tired of the rustic accommodation, lazy pastimes, relaxation and lack of social life. So two years later, a 48-roomed grand hotel was built. It was designed to cater for a class of moderately wealthy, as well as those seeking a healthful climate. Stanley must have had the right idea. He lived till he was 91, dying only one year after his wife. Some say it was a heart attack. I think he was heartbroken. Hotel guests over the years have claimed to see the Stanley spirits wandering around the hotel. Mr. Stanley has been spotted at the hotel's front desk, keeping an eye on things. 
Mrs. Stanley still plays the piano in the music room. Numerous guests have heard the piano music coming from the music room, even when no one is at the piano. The concert hall was built for Mrs. Stanley as a gift. The stage even has a trap door that was used for theatrical entrances and exits. Another spirit said to be fond of the concert hall is Paul. Back in the hotel's early days, Paul used to enforce the 11pm curfew, so we can guess who's responsible for telling guests nowadays to get out of the concert hall. In June 1911, there was a horrible accident. Seemingly, the hotel's electricity was having awful trouble keeping up during a particularly nasty storm. So they decided to use an auxiliary acetylene gas lighting system, which was installed the previous winter, but never filled with gas or used. The hotel's housekeeper, Lizzie Littenberg, went into room 217 to light lanterns while the pipes were still filling with gas. Suddenly one of the lanterns exploded, causing the floor to give way, sending the housekeeper down to the level below into the McGregor dining room. The explosion destroyed about 10% of the hotel and did about $10,000 worth of damage, about $312,000 today. She somehow survived the blast and continued to work at the hotel for years. But guests of room 217 swear they still see her spirit in the room now and then, tidying things up, items moved, luggage unpacked, and lights being turned on and off. Lizzie was very old-fashioned and therefore not a big fan of unmarried couples sleeping in the same bed. So much so that some couples have reported feeling a cold force between them. Leave room for the Holy Ghost. When they wake up, they often find that the gentleman's effects have been packed and his luggage is left by the door. The fourth floor has a few of its own spooky reports. You know, nice stuff like children laughing, giggling and playing, not creepy at all. Now, it is said that the fourth floor was reserved for female employees, their children and nannies, so I think it's more of an echo than a haunting. Rooms and corridors that for years capture the sounds of children being children. And then there's rooms 407, 418 and 428 on the fourth floor. Lord Dunraven, who owned the land before Stanley, is said to haunt room 407. There have been reports of guests seeing his face in the window when the room's not even booked. Room 418 is said to be haunted by children whose laughter can be heard in the hallways by guests and cleaning crew. And then there's the pet cemetery. Now, when I say pet cemetery, don't panic. It's not like the hotel has a plot covered in bone and ball of yarn headstones. There were two beloved pets that now rest there. And they like to roam around the hotel. Cassie, a golden retriever, and Comanche, a fluffy white cat. They've both been seen and heard all around the property. Stephen King described, in short, how his visit went. We were the only guests, as it turned out. The following day, they were going to close the place down for the winter. Wandering through its corridors, I thought it seemed the perfect, maybe the archetypical setting for a ghost story. That night, I dreamed of my three-year-old son running through the corridors, looking back over his shoulder, eyes wide, screaming. He was being chased by a fire hose. I woke up with a tremendous jerk, sweating all over, within an inch of falling out of the bed. I got up, lit a cigarette, sat on the chair looking out the window at the Rockies, and by the time the cigarette was done, I had the bones of my book firmly set in my mind. I love a good ghost story as much as the next person, probably more than the next person, but what I find hardest to get my head around is there are no, and I mean no mentions, of any ghost stories before Stephen King's stay at the hotel. 
Now, I refuse point blank to say people who have had an experience, be it a sighting or hearing something, didn't actually see or hear anything because to them, they really did. Even if it is only an anecdote for some. But what does give me the heebie-jeebies, aside from all the haunted rooms and the grand staircase, the piano playing by itself and a cowboy ghost. Oh yes, there's a cowboy ghost. What really blows my mind is the tunnel underneath the hotel. Used today and back in the day as a way for staff to get around unseen, how very Disneyland of them, but the bed of the tunnel is made of quartz, limestone, mica and granite, which are all conductors of spiritual energy. When Stanley began construction, he didn't want to use dynamite because he felt it was too expensive, so he dug into the bedrock of the mountain which created the tunnel. In my opinion, that's why people see spirits at the Stanley Hotel. I know that was really short, but what did you think of that story? I think it was really good. It yeah. was like listening to how The Shining came about. <laughs> it was cool that he was like, I'm just going to have... I could just imagine him sitting in, a, like, I want to say 1970s or 1980s, a brown, comfortable-looking chair, yeah. but not super comfortable at the same time. Just looking out in this big window, looking out into the Rockies in, in, in the dark room, but kind of like waft of smoke around his head. Now, can I ask you, is it very hard for you not to picture Jack Nicholson? Yeah. It is very hard to picture anybody else. Even though I know what Stephen King looked like, I mm. still can't picture Stephen King. I no. picture Jack, Jack Nicholson. Mm. But even Stephen King did say it doesn't matter what room he stayed in, he doesn't think, he didn't feel anything when he was there. It's just coincidental that mm. it happened to be in the room that Lizzie was injured in. Yeah. But he, I didn't mention it there because I figured we could just chat about it now. He had writer's block. That's why he just needed to get out and go somewhere and stay somewhere. So it wasn't like circumstantial that they ended up there. They deliberately went to go find somewhere he could just find an open space. And mm. it was perfect because there was no one there because they were closing the following day. Did he stay there on? No, no, no. no I, he think he, he, I think he only stayed for the one night he was. They told him you can stay, but we don't have room service. We won't have you know, big meals, we'll just be able to do light food and that kind of stuff for you, but we won't be able like, all the kitchen staff has gone home, all the porter staff are yeah, gone yeah. home, you have to carry your own bag. Here's a, and here's I'm like, a hot plate, a microwave, <laughs> and a crate of super noodles. That doesn't sound too bad. But yeah, I think the bit that freaked me out the most, I'm, I'm always freaked out by tunnels, but it's not a tunnel tunnel, it's like half the side of the building meets half the side of the bedrock that they blew into to create the, the rest of the building. So, like, on one side of the room, it looks like normal brickwork. And then on the other side, there's all these jagged edges sticking out. And I'm like, I don't think I'd be too keen on sending my staff Sounds in and like out there. something I want to have a look and picture of. I, I will show you a picture. It's actually pretty cool. Yeah, this way's better. Because then I can show you a couple of them. So you walk down that corridor and take a right. Yeah. And then you can see, like, all the piping and all the electrics. And then just a random tree root hanging out of it. Like the, that would be the, the spookiest part for me because. Trees, yeah, they're scary. No, I don't mean that. I'm a firm believer that, like, you know, I told you this before. I think buildings are sometimes what are haunted. And then sometimes people are haunted. Mm. And the reason buildings would be haunted is because of that tape thing I was telling you about. So I think echoes and impressions are left on places when. You might not hear anyone who died down there. You just might hear an echo or like a replay of staff running in and out from the forties mm. or from the fifties. Do you know what I mean? So it's that that would probably be the spookiest part for me. Um, but the the hotel is stunning. It's it's kept quite a lot of its old features. Um, oh, that looks fancy. 
think that's the main staircase. But the Stanley Hotel hasn't had, it hasn't had anyone that died there that I'm aware of. Like, I don't mm. think anyone's died in hotel rooms, like the massacre that happened in the Banff Hotel or anything like that. I don't know. I heard recently as well that you, you don't necessarily only haunt the places that haunted you while you were alive. Sometimes people go back to places that were, they were really happy in. Oh, okay. So if it's a case that this young girl had passed away, she might have gone back to the hotel because it would have been like a nice time that she spent with her family and stuff like that. Possibly, yeah. So I'm like, oh, that's nice. You're going back to your nice memory while you're freaking everybody else to freak out. Couldn't make you under the stairs at a couple of motorbikes. I think that's it. Oh, so Stanley was this, uh, the inventor of the steam car. Oh, ah, yeah. So that's probably what that is. Um, he owned a uh, steam, do, 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 Stanley Steam Motors or something like that. Okay, so cool. that's probably what that is. But the place is gorgeous. It's, it's really, really old and they've just kept it in such good nick. But um, when it snows, the place pretty much all but disappears. Cool. I love that. Yeah. Have you got any characters for A couple of people. So, um, Lizzie, you know who I'm going to say. It's got to be old Kathy Bates. It has to be Kathy Bates. Bring her back. Bring her back, <laughs> Kathy. Yeah, because we didn't have her last episode. Yeah, yeah she, was having, she was on the annual leave. <laughs> uh, now, tell me who plays Paul, Paul Bert. What's his name? Oh, my goodness. Uh, something Hart, isn't it? No, that's Kevin, Kevin Hart, you're thinking of. <laughs> Alexa, who plays Paul Bert? This might answer your question. Kevin James plays Paul Blart. And there you have it, folks. Kevin James? Yes. He'd, he'd make it... Because he played Paul Blart, security cop. Who's he's cop. definitely qualified yeah, for the job. Yeah, it's, just, it's a bit of... Co- oh, he'd look really cute in a, like a bellboy suit. Yeah. Or like a... There, there wasn't many other really main characters in there that had a bit of... There was a lot of children you mentioned. Let's just chuck in the Olsen twins. Yeah, because they weren't spooky mm-hmm. when they were growing up. Uh, Lord Donovan. I'm thinking somebody Scottish. Um, That's weird because he was Irish. Okay. So let's give, pick some Irish then. Oh, I don't really want to actually pick anyone because apparently he was um he was not the most pleasant man. In fact, Stanley wanted to call the hotel. Oh, he wanted to call it some variation of his name, and there was a, a one hundred and eighty something peti- person petition signed to get him not to. So I don't. I like all people. Uh, I I like all Irish people, so I don't want to name anybody. Oh, okay. okay. <gasps> Colin Farrell. Do you not like Colin Farrell? I do like Colin He's Farrell, but he is very versatile. Mm. He's the new penguin, apparently. Stop! Yeah, he's got a big penguin too. Well, he would need that mm. to be the penguin. That's actually going to be that'll be that'll be fun. Mm-hmm. I don't think there was any other main characters. Really. No, nothing, nothing, nothing worth filling. Cool, cool, cool. Would you like to know the rabbit hole? Yeah, give me. Now, remember the other day you and I were talking about the Mandela effect, and I could not think of one single example. I managed to find. A whole bunch of examples. Now, I don't think the first one really applies to us because we don't have this here, I don't think. But if I said Jif or Jiffy, which do you think, don't read it, which do you think would be the American brand of peanut butter? By process of elimination, I'm going to guess it's Jiffy because Jif used to be what we called uh, the oven top cleaner. They changed it to Sif. No. Well, am I right saying Jiffy's peanut no, butter? No, Jiff is actually the name of it, and I thought you'd know that because that was the peanut butter that your man from Stranger Things got his hands on when he oh. went into the church. That's the only reason I knew, because I know we don't have yeah. We've oh. I've eaten peanut butter once I in my life as well because... I was pregnant. Um, okay, so the original recording simply ends in no time for losers, because we are the champions, and then nothing else. Oh, yeah. But do you remember him singing of the world? If I sing the tune in my head, then the... the, the 
of the world is there. That's what the Mandela effect is. It's when people genuinely remember. No, hang on. I remember it was the Bernstein bears, not the Bernstein bears. Pikachu. What color is his tail? A lot of people seem to think that Pikachu's tail was yellow with a black lightning strike. Yeah, but the tail is in a lightning strike. The tail shape. is in a lightning strike. Yeah, but it's just yellow. Uh, it looks like he's telling a cotton door. Yeah. The next one there that I saw was Luke, I am your father is probably one of the greatest misremembered lines. However, the line is simply, no, I am your father. But for years, I thought it was Luke, I am your father. In fact, every time I stand behind a fan, that, that's what I do because that's what we 80s kids do like kids nowadays have like mobile mm. phones when they're the age of four whereas we talk into the back of the, the room fan and we're like Luke I am your father Alexa what does Darth Vader mean in German? hmm I don't know that one Alexa <laughs> I remember that from Pitch Perfect, so doesn't she say Darth Vader literally means... Spoiler, yeah, so if you're German watching the movie, you know this already, it's like, it's spoiler alert. Oh, I can imagine all Germans walking the out movie the, is going, the movie is called, the movie... I know, secret! The movie's basically like, hey, Luke, I'm your dad. <laughs> Not Star Wars, just like, I'm your dad, Luke. Now, do you remember the Flint Stones or the Flynn Stones? Tea or no tea? I always remember it as the Flintstones, not the Flins, because now that I'm taking it, we put the two together. If Flintstone is there making the fire, yeah, 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 yeah. Off, yeah. As an adult, it makes sense, but you, as a kid, you always say the Flintstones. You don't say the you Flintstones. Do, I, it's it's one of them Irish things where you're saying the word in your own accent, like tree. I'm saying three, but I it sound comes out as tree. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, when I'm saying Flintstones. In my head, I'm saying Flintstones, but I ain't got the time <laughs> got to the be time. pronunciations. <laughs> That's why most Irish people um, would say, oh, this used to drive my mum absolutely bonkers. We all used to say that, yeah. In my house, it was, would you like bread and butter? Would you like some water? Would, uh, and we used to pronounce our T's, because God, if we didn't, uh, it, life was not worth living. It's just, no. Hello, Clarice. Never said in the movie. Not once was it ever said in the movie. Some people swear that he greets her with hello Clarice, but in actuality he simply says good morning. He never says good morning mm. Clarice. He never says the cracks Clarice. Yeah, but he says Clarice so many times in the movie that it's and the way he says Clarice is a Clarice. I can't do it. I can't do it. A bottle of Chianti. A bottle of Chianti and some lima beans. That's so funny though, because even from like a tiny, tiny, tiny age, you'd walk in and you'd be like, hello, Clarice, and she wouldn't even see you and she'd know it was you. Yeah. You terrified her into loving you. <laughs> um, the next one there, probably one of the most lazy, lazy Halloween costumes ever is the costume from Whiskey. Is the Whiskey. costume from Whiskey Business. What does the costume consist of, Stephen? Uh, a shirt, a white shirt and sunglasses. Tom Cruise was not wearing sunglasses. He wore a pair of socks so he could slide across the floor, a pair of tidy whities and a white shirt. Am I thinking of Love Actually then, when he slides across the floor? I don't think he's wearing sunglasses either. <laughs> Wait, go on. Last one there is... You the skipped one. No, I didn't. Yeah, oh, did. I did, sorry. Looney Tunes or Looney Tunes? What do you remember? You said that backwards. I did. Uh, don't look at it. I'm not. I'm looking at the text, the, the big bold, the, the entrance. Here, I'll help. I don't know. 
I, I know that, yeah. I think <laughs> I, rem I, think I remember Looney Tunes, T-U-N-E-S, not T-O-O-N-S. Which makes no sense. Which whatsoever. makes no sense. But no I, sense, because they, they they sang a couple of tunes, yeah, but there were more tunes, as in cartoons. The, cartoons, yeah. oh, the wow. last one then, and this one got me, because I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of the old Disney movies, The Evil Queen. At the beginning of the movie, I think it is, she doesn't say mirror, mirror on the wall. What she actually says is magic mirror on the wall. So what we say is mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the fairest of them all. But she never says mirror, mirror. That's copyright infringement, though. That's the reason why we don't say the actual word. Because there's some Disney, <laughs> Disney guy, will come for some, us. Disney, some lawyer with two big Mickey Mouse ears will come out and be like, I am suing you. <laughs> Have you any questions no. for me? That was, that was a shorter-ish episode. <laughs> You might have to trim that short episode. <laughs> I will, I will. From I will. 40 minutes to something smaller. It'll probably be about 20 minutes. Okay. So we finish up? Yeah. Okay. So thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you have any questions regarding today's or any other episode, please feel free to DM us on our Instagram. It's What's the Story Ghost. If you have any personal stories you would like to share with us, our email is What's the Story Ghost at gmail.com. And those are all my words. Exit jingle. Exit jingle. Popeye the Sailor Man. Bye. Bye.